Welcome to another episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. My name is Maurice Jager and I'm a photographer, speaker and the author of the book Personal Branding for Photographers. This podcast is all about learning how to improve your personal brand as a photographer. Thank you for listening today and let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast, where I'm joined by John D'Amato, the branded lifestyle photographer out of New York City. That's what you are, right? Like, like you could probably talk better about this than I can. So explain who, who are you? What do you do? Well, well, first of all, uh, I'm lots of things, Maurice. But uh, yes, one of them would be a branded lifestyle portrait photographer indeed i'm also a virtual photographer now apparently thanks to the pandemic i serve speakers authors coaches trainers expert-based business owners to create image content that creates an emotional connection with their audiences through persuasive visual storytelling wow that's a mouthful so <laughs> sure was i yeah. just had to take a breath yeah, yeah i yeah. had to take a breath wow <laughs> So, but, and you're a virtual photographer, you're not virtual yourself, but you're shooting virtual uh, content or like, can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. Sure. Virtual photography is essentially when my speaker clients are doing Zoom calls because now in-person stuff is not really happening here in the U.S. So instead, there's a lot of webinars and keynotes and masterminds and all of these things are now all online and my clients send me their zoom link and basically what i do is open up the zoom link on my laptop put the laptop on a folding table put that folding table in various areas of my apartment and i roll around on the floor and shoot the screen so pretty much what you're doing usually in the streets of new york but now all around your apartment shooting a screen yes yes i am essentially that is essentially what I do. I'm looking to capture my speaker clients, basically uh, giving very powerful, confident poses, a lot of different expressions on their face. And what I do is leverage the uh, elements within my apartment to create compelling backgrounds that essentially allows them to share with their audiences what the experience would look like if they were to tune in virtually to their presentation yeah and i guess like you being a photographer means you rolling all over the floor like i had the courtesy of you shooting me a couple of times in new york like and i saw in the flash like you like laying down in fifth avenue like getting cool angles and stuff so i guess photography to you means like doing all sorts of crazy yoga poses and get the cool uh crops and the good angles so that makes a lot of sense like you doing that in your apartment <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, uh, if you had told me at the beginning of this year that I would be doing that in sweatpants and shorts in my apartment, I would have told you you've been crazy. But this is what it is now. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I shoot. What matters is that I'm placing my clients in the best light, creating a lot of artistry around these images to essentially draw all of the attention to them. So if it requires me to do uh, parkour in the middle of Manhattan, I am down for it. And that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you do. We have uh, behind the scenes photos of that. So like we got proof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so did you always like run all over town taking pictures or like how did you like get into photography? What's the story behind that? I got into photography because I was a disgruntled television producer running around doing the same thing with a video camera for nine years. And I started with photography. Well, first of all, I took a photography class in graduate school my last semester as an elective. I was looking for a layup of a class and I found 35 millimeter black and white photography as, as a class. I figured, well, that should be an A. I kind of know how to work a camera. And I went in with just the intention of, you know, taking the class and getting an easy A. And what I ended up leaving that with was the best class that I ever took in my life. And it planted a seed. And then about five years after that, I was a couple of years into my television career and I started to get burned out. And my outlet for kind of releasing the tension, uh, was to just walk around New York City with that camera, take pictures, just street photography, just random gym. I mean, I have a photo of me shooting a garbage pail. <laughs> well, New York City yeah. is a good city to shoot street photography, right? There's always something going on in the streets. Absolutely, absolutely. The funny part about that is at the very beginning, it wasn't people. I was afraid to shoot people. I was nervous, so I just shot a lot of signs and 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 uh, different uh, geometrics and patterns. Uh, but, you know, looking back on that stuff, I could see the inner workings and the beginnings of where I am now just based on composition and timing and things of that nature with lighting and everything. And, um, yeah, it, it started there. And then I progressed to shooting portraits of my coworkers from my job in my apartment doing different things and then that moved to shooting people outside and ultimately once I quit my job that's when I kind of put together that I can I want to do this for a living and uh, prior to quitting my job I actually uh, started doing headshot photography uh, on the side so that's really where the comfort level in shooting people started just by doing headshots that was my that was my testing ground and, and then it manifested into shooting portraits um yeah so like you like from you shooting street signs and all like landmarks and geometrical stuff to you shooting people like the level the confidence grew i guess to like actually get a person in front of the camera like do you it's, do you yeah like how did that change like what happened i got more comfortable with the buttons and the dials and the f-stops and all of these things that we take for granted as professionals because it's it's second nature to us and we just know what we're doing now um but back then it was constant thinking and overthinking and 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 it had to be a deliberate process so once i was able to learn the camera and understand the relationship between ISO and shutter and all of those things, that's when the creativity came and the confidence came. And then I started shooting events uh, as well as headshots, uh, events for my friend's business. And that really is where it started to step up because I was very challenged shooting outdoor things with different lighting scenarios and different um, people and movement and all of that. And that kind of tied everything together with the headshot direction and then the ability to adjust on the fly along with my 
uh, framing and compositional work with the video, with the video stuff. So all of that came together and that's when shooting people like on a portrait level and not just their face started to come into play. Yeah, and then you developed from shooting headshots and events into the branded lifestyle portrait work that you pretty much like came up with. I think you've been doing this for what, what coming on three years? And three and a half now, yeah. Yeah, and I think like you're like pretty much created the market for it in New York. Well, there are, there's a lot of photographers in New York City, as you know. It yeah. is a highly saturated, it is one of the most saturated photographer markets in the world. We all know that. Yeah, you can and, throw a rock and hit a photographer pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And then it, then it ricochets off them and hits another one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so when I first uh, quit my job, my TV job, and jumped into uh, a photography business in 2014, I started out thinking I'm going to do headshots. And what happened with that was, is that I had no idea how to market myself. I had no idea how to create distinction and I was not getting booked because I never posted anything on social media and no one knew who the hell I was. Mm-hmm. So I had this decision to make where, what am I going to do with this? And what ended up happening was is I became disenchanted with headshots because I felt that they were not exciting me enough meaning I quit this job to do something that I'm super passionate about. And I love headshots and it's a staple of my business. It's definitely still a part of the brand of lifestyle portrait offer, but it's not enough. So what I ended up doing was combining the concept of shooting B roll, uh, with a video camera with photography. And that's kind of the way that I created this branded lifestyle portrait niche. But what I at first didn't realize is who the hell am I going to shoot? And what I ended up doing was uh, talking to different people and different experts and networking and finding out different businesses. And ultimately, the reason why I landed on speakers and trainers was because there were speakers and trainers in my personal life that helped me get through a lot of different things, you know, coaches of different kinds and uh, you know, to authors who wrote uh, like personal development books and empowerment books and business and marketing. And, I, and I'm like, you know, these guys are pretty cool. And then I saw a couple of keynoters in real life do their thing. I'm like, this is awesome. Like the way that they tell stories is the way that I love shooting stories. That They're so vivid. And it's the way that I approach my work. So it kind of was a natural match. And that's where I've been the past couple of years, just living in that world, working with these folks exclusively. Yeah. So you you work with the speakers and the authors and the expert-based business owners, and you see that these people are out there, like um, telling, like showing their knowledge and telling stories. And you found that there was a gap that was like there was lacking image content, and is that? Like, kind of like how you approached it. Like, oh my gosh, this story could be so much stronger when, like, I can shoot it and give you, give people an opportunity to, like, peek into your life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They help other people, and I love helping those who help others. So that ultimately was the motivation behind it. And in terms of the gap, the gap has to do with the way that I saw these 
professionals, these experts presenting themselves through their images. Uh, there was a lot of beautiful photography uh, made by people who position themselves as personal branding photographers. But what I felt was lacking was the emphasis on emotion, the emphasis on capturing unique facial expressions that visually punctuate the sentiment of the stories that the experts were sharing with their audiences. And that's across their online presence. We're talking their website, their social, their blogs, all of it. These photos look really great and belong in magazines, but there was something missing in my estimation. And, you know, my work on a talk show as a producer for years really impressed upon me the value of emotion. That is what motivates people to do things. And for these people, they need their audience to care, to connect, and to take action. And the only way you're going to get them to do that is by making them feel something. So that's where my photography comes into play because there's a lot of vividness in those images and not just in the aesthetics of the photo, but more to the point, their expression, their body language, the way they move, if they're speaking, that they they present themselves as that expert or if they're working on a laptop and we're showing their process and we're allowing them to use these photos to give their audience an entry point into their life so they don't just see these experts as superheroes. We want to make them relatable. And that's what Brander Lifestyle Portraiture does. And to a lesser extent, that's what the virtual photography does. It, it lends them, it lends the audience the opportunity to kind of feel that experience, to see what it is to work with these people directly and how they can help them get over whatever is holding them back in their lives. Yeah, because I guess like not every like personal branding photography, like sometimes it looks like it's going to be on the cover of Vanity Fair or JQ or whatever. It's like, but it's not authentic enough or it's not even authentic. It's just like very polished and you shoot more pure and honest and raw um, uh, like uh, situations in their life. And yeah. before you go in and like really like like pick up the camera, there's a process there, right? So can you talk uh, us through the process a little bit? How you how, what the experience is from the client's point of view? Right. Yeah, there is a process. Um, and by the way, when it comes to image content and it comes to these really pretty photos that I see that belong on the Vanity Fair cover. It's not that it's bad photography. It's just that it's misaligned with what the purpose of these experts uh, are putting out there. Like, so w you need to look good in your photos. There's no doubt about it. But that is a foundational element. That is not the goal. That's, that's a prerequisite to anything. You have to look, you know, we have to have flattering photos of you. Yeah. But with regard to the process, I don't just show up somewhere and just snap a bunch of photos with people. I get people on the phone and I pre-interview them. I have a list and that's for branded lifestyle portrait and virtual photography. Uh, virtual is a little bit different, but with regard to the lifestyle portraits, I want to know who the person is, who they serve and why they do what they do. I want to know what their day looks like, what work looks like, how they consult clients, how, what are their hobbies? Do they have a family? What are the things that they are interested in sharing with their audience in order to create that relatability and connection 
so that they can build relationships with their audience because that's the business we are in, all of us. If you own a business and you're not selling widgets, your business is to build relationships with your audience and create a community of advocates and people that are going to refer you. And the way that you do that is by creating content that resonates not only with you, but will ultimately resonate with your audience because it is who you are. Now, what that does is that automatically creates a qualification system, meaning when someone goes to your site and they see your photos, they are qualifying how you look, your expression on your face, what you're doing, everything in a matter of seconds. And what you're trying to do is create an opportunity for them to connect with you. So by going through all of these uh, litany of questions that I have, I really get an insight into the person. And also by talking to them, I'm also feeling out their personality. And the way that I talk to them is uh, by communicating in a way to see what they're reacting to. So if I act like a sm- more of a, my smart ass side and they react to that, I know that that's how I'm going to talk to them when we're in the session. Or if I pull back and go a little, a little differently and try something else within my own personality and that work, that's how I talk to them in the session. The whole goal is to figure out all of those important things about them as well as how I'm going to direct them in person. Because ultimately my goal is to get them in the present moment when they're in front of the camera and not think about photos but be themselves. So they drop their, their mask and they are who they are, even if it's for a couple of bursts at a time. But as long as their face is relaxed and in the moment, that's when we get to get magical photos together. That's awesome. I like that. Um, so you you help your clients with the image content and you're getting to know them. And you obviously do the same thing for your own presence and for your own marketing so like you create a ton of content mm-hmm. so you do like what a couple blocks a week and the socials and do like what is the i guess not the idea behind it oh we we're in new york city people we got a fire truck passing by that's awesome oh you can hear that yeah i can hear that <laughs> like i i was on a I, I was recording a podcast uh i don't know a couple episodes ago and somebody was like yeah, well, I don't know if you can hear like ambulances and stuff because he was in London. So it's like, yeah, well, I talk to people in New York all the time and it's not a New York City conversation if there's no ambulance in that, sh- in that yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's about to pass my window right now. Hold on. There yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> you were, sorry, you were, okay. So uh, my, my, uh, my, own, uh, my own process you're talking about, my, my content, what am yeah. I trying to do? Yeah. And like, what are you creating? What are you trying to do? What's the, the mindset? So my goal with my content is exactly the same as my clients. I'm looking to create an emotional connection with my audience. So I lean on my blog heavily. I write three blogs a week and I talk about different things. Uh, I talk a, a lot about um, my expertise. So I'm talking about branded lifestyle portraiture. I'm showing examples. I, I'm teaching a lesson through storytelling. That's essentially the simplest way to describe how I approach my content because I make it about 
the person that's in front of the camera. Now, does that mean I don't write personal stories? No, I write a lot of personal stories. Why? Because I'm creating that relatability. For example, uh, yesterday's post or earlier this week, uh, I posted something about uh, incorporating apple cider vinegar into my routine because when I had uh, the coronavirus, I started doing that and that helped bring me back uh, from being sick. And I got a bunch of emails and some comments on the post and it just created engagement. And I was thinking to myself before I posted it, do I really want to post this? It's like, it doesn't, you know, eh. And it's the one that gets engagement. Why? Because it relates to people. And that's what I try to do with my content. Give them a splash of value, stuff they can incorporate into their own marketing strategies, talking about the value of image content, all of the facets of that, talking about virtual photography because it's a fairly new concept to most people. So I'm, I'm, I'm letting people know what they don't know in those posts. And then I share stuff related to mindset and positive psychology because I have a bit of a background in that. So I share some strategies around getting through the tough times and resilience and things of that nature. And then I share stuff that relates to me that is relatable to them. And, and that creates an entire online presence that gives people an opportunity to get to know me, get to know the work and understand that they're not just hiring a camera monkey to, uh, sidestep them a while snapping a couple of shots you know with a camera because that's not what we do here no so like if i would be like a paying client and go into your blog and your social i could like reverse engineer all of it in my particular niche and that would be the way to go because you're like yeah you're showing the example really like what people should be doing i practice what i preach yeah and i practice what i preach because it works i mean I, my work is almost a hundred percent referral based. Uh, does that mean I don't pay attention to SEO? No, I do have, uh, some SEO stuff in the background running around. Uh, and, and that's just simply because I want people to be able to, let's say if they were referred to me from a past uh, client of mine, and this has happened on multiple occasions, I want my, social profiles and my blog, my website in a position where it is ready to be vetted by anyone who comes in contact with me through someone else. So as a result, it's important to really flesh out uh, my philosophy, my frameworks, what's important, making it about the client, making it about those speakers, those experts, so that when they go there, they understand what they're truly getting for their time investment and their money investment working with me. So I think like all the content and the like being all over the place, like being there and just like being on top of mind is the result of all the content effort and the personal branding that you're doing because you position yourself through your content and that's your personal brand. Yeah, and I'd also say on top of that, absolutely, or yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, but also I don't see content, my content as a, uh, uh, approved, um, a finished product. I see my content as my workout room, meaning I work out my insights, my concepts, philosophies, frameworks. 
ideas on how I want to reposition my offers. And I use the writing as a way to freestyle these thoughts and put them out there. So they're not finished. First of all, our work is never done. We constantly evolve as photographers behind the camera, as well as the way that we present ourselves to our clients. Right? So if that mindset is ingrained within you, the approach to the way that you take content will follow suit, meaning that it will inspire you to want to write more often and be creative through your words. Or if you do video, that's fine as well. But the idea being that you leverage your content as a way to kind of work out the way you present yourself. And then that content will then become the words that you use on a call with a potential client when you're presenting to an audience, when you're in the room shooting a client, it's all of it works to self-sustain all the other areas of your business. When you approach content as a work in progress and not a finished product. So as a photographer listening and wanted to like jump into more of the content game, like you write, like there's no tomorrow. I know that you like use it more or less therapeutically, just like you need to write because that's so ingrained in your like day-to-day routine. Like, you know me, like I'm very lackluster on my writing. Like I don't block weekly, daily, like I'll block whenever I feel like doing something. My social posts are not like as long or as um, like uh, expanded or like big as yours. So what would be like a tip for anybody that wants to more like go into the writing? Like how would you approach it like starting or how did you approach it starting? Because I don't think you wrote stuff like forever. Like you didn't like grew up being a writer. So what did you do to like train that muscle? Um, I hired a consultant who basically told me that my writing sounded like every other mediocre photographer blog that was out in the world and there was no me in it. And he was blunt and he was quick and it cut my head off and it was brutal to hear, but it was exactly what I needed to hear and he was 100% right. And the way to combat that, uh, the way to write is to write. And the tip that I would suggest for... Actually, going back to what you said about your content, it's not about how long the content is. It's not that you write every single day. It's that you're purposeful with the writing and that you're consistent in whatever consistent looks like to you. So if that's once a week, once every two weeks, a blog, once a month, whatever, just be consistent with it and you build the muscle by being consistent. And another way to build that muscle is to maybe start off by not writing but do voice dictation, get an idea in your head, maybe write on a piece of paper, a couple of bullet points about something that you want to write. You have a lesson that you want to share and you can tie a personal story with yourself or with you and a client or a client and then kind of talk it out and voice text it. Why voice text it? Because that will ensure that it'll be in your voice and don't judge the ums and the this and the, the pauses and all of that. It's more important for you to get onto paper the way you actually sound when you speak. I did not do it that way. And it took me months to get to a point where I finally started writing in the way that I speak. Short sentences uh, followed by longer paragraphs and and longer strains of thought. 
with my, I curse a lot. Uh, so I put that in there. I, I, uh, talk about, uh, silly metaphors and things like that. I put that in there at the beginning. I didn't have that, but it's because I just was very purposeful and being consistent with my writing. That's when it develops. And that's the only way that people who have not written are going to write. Yeah, because for the first couple of years of my business, I would post stuff and I didn't put hashtags on it. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like when people start writing, they go like in like some sort of a formal mode and not really write like they talk, but more like sugarcoat it or like clean it up and use different no, words wanna, and like yeah. do all of that stuff. Yeah. They want to sound intelligent. They want to sound what they think is intelligent. They want to sound like what they think their audience wants to hear. But the reality is that you want to sound like you. You want to present yourself as uniquely you because you are creating distinction from the 700 million other photographers that are in your space by being you. Because people are not hiring you simply for the way that you create photos. Okay. And when you're in relationship building mode and you're not commoditizing yourself by just being a guy with a camera or, or a lady with a camera, you are creating that ability to separate yourself from the pack. And it's going to repel a lot of people, but it's also going to draw in a lot of people. And that's exactly what you want. You don't want to appeal to everyone because when you appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much like the the goal of personal branding to like filter people out and I guess filter people in. So you actually work with the people that are closest to you and how you are and uh, like share your values and all of that. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't you you, you want to minimize the amount of friction that would exist between you and the person in front of your camera. And the way you minimize that friction is by pre-qualifying out the people that don't resonate with your style. And that's why when you write in your voice, you are subconsciously illustrating your style and approach to life and the way you shoot and directing a client. And, and the people that could potentially be in front of your camera will read this stuff. They'll see the work, they'll like the work, then they need to read the story, they get a vibe for, you know, your approach and your personality. And once you get all of that out, it really gives you the opportunity to stand out. And that, yes, that is the goal of personal branding. You're standing out and creating distinction by simply being yourself. So how would you describe your own personal brand? How would I describe my own personal brand? I would say that I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> I can vouch for that. that. So yeah, that's accurate. I am, but I'm a charming pain in the ass. That See, is true too. My clients appreciate me busting their chops in front of the camera. Listen, I'm all about, I, I'm playing with house money in the game of life right now, dude. I shoot people for a living. It's pretty friggin' cool. And the fact that I'm shooting people on a screen is, it's a gift really. I'm very grateful. And the way that I position myself out into the world is exactly the way I am with my friends. You know, I like to bust chops. I like to have a good time. I love expression, telling stories visually. 
you know, through emotion. I'm all about emotion. And when I write, I write with my heart on my sleeve. I share a lot of personal stuff about my own struggles with depression and anxiety and weight. And, and that's another thing, creating that relatability through the fact that, yeah, I know that you might feel like shit in front of the camera. I know the same feeling. I lived 30 years that way. And I incorporate that philosophy and that, that approach into the way that I write. Uh, my goal is to always let people know that when you work with me, I'm not everybody else. I am me. I am unique in that way. And I make sure that they know it before they even set up a call with me. So do you get feedback from people that they tell you like, oh my gosh, you're like exactly the way I expected? Or is there sometimes a gap when people like go like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, we're, we're not a match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny you mentioned that. A colleague of mine who I have never talked to in real life, I've only communicated through uh, Facebook and email. She ran into one of my video blogs the other day, and she wrote, you know, very informative. I forgot what the content was about, but uh, the idea was, you know, it was very informative. Thank you. And by the way, the way that you talked was exactly the way I envisioned you sounding based on the way you write. Can't get better than that. No. That's exactly, that is exactly what you want out of your content. You want to create that digital introduction, not only with your work, but with your words and they need to play nice together and that will be the defining factor to creating that separation from everybody else in your space. Yeah. So when you, yeah, you just mentioned another photographer, like when you work or team up with other professionals, do you like really do like a personal branding, like investigation, if you will, and check them out? And like, what are you looking for if you do any of that? So is there like red flags or like something that's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to work with this person. Like, how does your mind work in like the other side of the, uh, the concept of personal branding. Oh, okay. In terms of qualifying them through their branding. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. The first step, the first step is if it was a referral, I asked that person, who is this person? Like, I want to know what I'm getting into. The second thing is I'll go on social for a little bit to be completely honest. I don't stalk them. I don't stalk them because I, I stalk them after the call. Why? Because I want to talk to the person first. I want to hear how they sound because that's what's going to show up in front of my camera, not their social. They're yeah. going to show up, right? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, on the other end, they take a different approach. They need to qualify for different reasons. But for me, I prefer to stalk after I talk to them because I get a vibe on them based on how they present themselves in the conversation. Um, but what I'm looking for is in terms of their images, I just want to see uh, in terms of the gaps, like what are they posting and what should they be posting? Uh, and I get a better sense of what they should be posting after I have a call with them, uh, especially after the strategy call. But even during the consultation call, I'm going to find out who they are and who they serve. So that gives me a sense. And then once I have that kind of reconnaissance taken care of, that's when I go in and see what they got and then kind of, figure out from there 
what we should be focusing on in terms of their image content. And even before people get on a consultation call, you have something for your clients to help them um, minding their gap, I think. Yes. So yes. you continuously, like, not even if there are clients, like, if they're like, uh, if you are on their radar, you already help them with like finding their gaps and identifying where. I guess work needs to be done. Yes. Yeah. I created a, um, and this is something that all photographers should have, uh, because it helps grow their email list. So uh, on the selfish end, I created a, uh, an opt-in gift where if you sign up and get this document, I'll have your email and then they'll be on my blog. And that helps the nurturing process because for my clients, it's, Unlike when I did headshots where it was much more of an instant kind of, I need you, let me book you, let's get this going kind of thing. This is usually more of a, you know, over the course of time nurturing process of constantly staying on top of mind through my email list and my blog going out three days a week and kind of letting them know, hey, here I am, just in case, when you need me, I'm here, I'm here. Um, but in terms of that opt-in gift, what that does is allow them to self-diagnose what they have and what they don't have in terms of the types of image content that they need in order to create an emotional connection with their audience. So I have a list of, jeez, uh, I don't even remember how many bullet points, but basically I go through a list of stuff that they need to have for their website, the types of imagery that they need to have for their website, for their social posts, for their blog, as well as some high-level concepts and types of images that they need to have throughout their entire online site. So you're pretty much like planting seeds in their brain to develop without like getting them into some sort of a funnel and like go bonkers on the follow-ups and all of that stuff. They just like get the organic content off the block and you stay top of mind in that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't shove all this down my clients' throats. I don't need to. Uh, and I don't want to. That's not how I operate. Does that work for some photographers? Sure. It works for them. It does not work for me. And it especially doesn't work with my audience. They're not going to be, these are six and seven figures, professional keynote speakers who go all around the world and they don't want to be sold to. They don't give a shit about that. What they want is what they know will drive results for them. So what I do is give them, simply give them an opportunity to completely understand what it is that I do and how I can help them and solve their problems through my content. I don't funnel offers. I nurture them. And that's, that's kind of my approach to it. Okay. So you've, you've been in business for a while. Like what would be your most valuable piece of advice that you want to share? Uh, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and uh, feel like if no one's paying attention that you're a total failure. You need to look at all of these opportunities as learning moments for you. And that another piece I would say would be to never be afraid to be yourself. I think let's start there. We need to start there. Because if you do not own who you are, you do not own who you are behind the camera, no one's going to hire you. Because... They want someone that is an expert themselves, regardless of who you shoot. They want to know 
that you're in the driver's seat. And if you are not confident behind the camera, this is not going to work because the work is going to suffer because you're going to be too afraid to coach, to direct, to get people to be where they are. You're going to be too locked in your own mind to play and explore and create variants on what you've already shot. And that's why before you really jump out into the world, you need to know your shit behind the camera and know and understand um, that uh, you have to be you at all times. Don't put on a front because it's going to show up and it's going to create bad work. Yeah, and I think like uh, like I've been a headshot photographer like the majority of my photography career and then like we've been working together for a while and I started dabbling with the uh, branded lifestyle portrait vertical in my business and adding that to the mm -hmm. offering and like me like my first session doing that I was like oh my gosh what the heck is going on like what am I doing and like looking up to like you who does it like really really well it's like oh my gosh how I'm gonna like come even close to that and like you help me out so I think like there's also like if you starting and you want to do something like not reproduce but like see if you can find somebody that gives you honest feedback and helps you a little bit along the way I think that's valuable too and I don't I don't think you had that because you just like started doing this and created this pretty much on your own merit but I think for a lot of photographers, there's some value in there too. Oh, I'll tell you what you just said sparked another thought because I agree with all of that. Having someone to mentor is important, but one thing to avoid, and this was where this, this was my creative crisis period where after I realized headshots didn't work for me as much as a full-time thing, I spent about a year going online, looking up photographers, looking at what they did, And I parroted exactly what they did. Never contacted these people. Just like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. And I started shooting everything under the sun. And there was no focus. And there was no passion for it, ultimately, because I was just doing the thing that everybody else was doing. So another important tip for photographers trying to find, find where they fit in in this space is to put blinders on at a certain point and just look within and figure out for yourself what lights you up, what type of photography really makes you feel passionate about picking up the camera and doing the thing and not really focusing on what everybody else did. Because I can tell you the moment I did that was when I put together the video B-roll with the event photography, with the headshot photography and created Brandon Lifestyle Portraiture. That was the only moment that it happened because up until then I was worried about trying to be like everybody else. Don't just be like everybody else. Be inspired by other people, but ultimately tie it back to what makes you happy. And then find someone that can support that direction. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I did. Like with starting with the headshots, like I like started working with Peter, which we both know, Mr. Hurley. And I was like so tied into like copying his stuff. And then I kind of was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I pivoted with just the word of 2020 by the way um not my word don't uh, say the p word around me buddy oh there's so many people <laughs> saying that stuff these days but like i and i like moved away i still have i and i developed my own style and i have people like talk to me like even like yesterday like yeah you have a very particular style with the shadows and the 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 the, the, the contrast and how the 
lighting goes from like uh, almost Rembrandtish, but not really. And it's like, and yeah. that's the stuff that I really enjoy shooting because it's like everybody has a different shaped face, and it's like always like some sort of a puzzle. And that's the kind of thing that that makes me happy that I can like recreate something that people see on my website with a different person, different personality, different vibe, different emotion, different energy, but they still like, it still fits within the stuff that I create and put out there. So there's a, there's, that's something like I really like pulled myself up into the headshot world, like based off a, a, a guy that knows what he's doing. And then I just like moved away and like gave it my own spin. Because my work doesn't look anything like Peter's. No, you made it your own. That's the whole, that, that's the point. We all need a starting point. Everyone that is in a creative art, no matter what discipline, singing, painting, comedy, all of them, music, we all replicate that what inspires us to actually do the thing, right? There's no doubt about that. You need that spark. You need to be, you need to have that awareness created within you that this is possible and then it's up to you to then kind of put it all together and and make it your own and uh put your own stamp on it and then that's really where the you know the confidence comes from when we talk about uh what i want to mention before about owning your confidence before you you know you step in front of that uh that subject and you shoot them that's where you build it yeah so like you like just shared you like we just talked about like valuable information and like expertise like what is something that you're still struggling with like what do you like i need to do this more but it's just not on my forefront of mind or like like what's going on um do you have enough of time for this <laughs> we got we got there's there's no end time on these things like as long as it's educational we keep going like this thing could be forever okay. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that I'm currently facing, there, there's two, um, and I think it ties back to uh, one thing, which is uh, the first thing is uh, challenging for me to cold reach out to people that I don't know. I still, I, I do it, but I do it sparingly. I prefer to get email introductions from people in order to warm up that, that conversation, uh, but that is something that I work at constantly just trying to be able to, and it's not even about, Hey, here's my work. Uh, can you hire me? It's, it's never that it's more, how do I feel not cheesy reaching out to people in a way that, you know, starts a conversation. And, and, and the funny part is my conscious brain knows all of, all of the conversation starters. It's not about not understanding how to start a conversation cold because I could just simply go to someone's page, see something and create a comment based off of that in a matter of seconds. My challenge is the motivation to actually do that. (laughs) And then the second challenge that I'm currently facing is although I plan to have a speaking, uh, a speaker and to my business, uh, educating photographers as well as educating my speaker clients on creating an emotional connection with your audiences, uh, two different audiences, same message. Uh, my challenge is getting over the hump with regard to feeling confident with actually speaking. It's ironic. I shoot some of the best world-class speakers around, 
and they're amazing. And then I think about myself being on a stage and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it's which is weird. Like you're not just a shy person. Like you know, you're a New Yorker. You you know how to talk. Like, like, well, the thing you know what it is, Maurice. It's like something like this feels very natural. A one-on-one conversation. We're talking about things that I'm very passionate about, and it's it's natural and it feels great. When I'm in front of a lot of people, there is that eh, kind of feeling, and um, it's something that I'm going to force myself to get over because I just created two brand new presentations, one about virtual photography and one about persuasive visual storytelling. And I am going to start forcing myself to get out in front of audiences and present them. And even if it's not a presentation, more panel discussions, more fireside chats, the idea and for photographers out there looking to learn how to build community and and build an audience, this is how you do it. You get out in front of people and you talk about what you do. You get from behind, out, out in front of the camera, and you start talking. That's how you do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm being purposeful and getting over the hump with my reservations about doing that by forcing myself to do that. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Like my first uh, educational thing was in 2016 in Bermuda. Like I was scared shitless, and there were only like I don't know 20 people in the room. And now, like it kind of grew on me. So like. At like Photo Plus or like shows over here, like at some point I just like kind of like stop caring is not the right word, but like it doesn't freak me out anymore. Just like I'll yeah. go there and like I'm not like super like TEDx 18 minutes like all scripted. I just like have a presentation and talk, and I guess that works for me at this point in my speaking career. Yeah, no. See that that and that's the key right there. You mentioned you asked me earlier, how do you write more? And the answer is to write more. And it's the same thing with presenting. It's the same thing with getting out there and getting your expertise out there. You need the reps. You need to be in front of the room. Or in this case, for now, you need to be in those Zoom rooms and you need to be the one that's on speaker mode and you need to be the one that's speaking. And you did that and now that's why you are where you are with your speaking. Yeah, and like all the, all the zooms I do these days is uh, working my seventy to two hundred, going from seventy to two hundred and back and forth. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some zooming happening, but it's not <laughs> the app zoom. So <laughs> right, right, right. So what is the uh, what is the key for you to be successful? Like, what does success mean to you? Success means not worrying about paying my bills. That's at the very bottom floor. Success means at the top, very top level to live the life I want and to show up in the world exactly the way that I want. And that relates to my work, my relationships in my life, my health, vitality, the meaning and purpose in my life, that everything is aligned and everything is working cohesively so that I can be happy you know, be happy being me, living my life, getting out, experiencing things, shooting the types of stuff that I want to do. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, success is being able to just simply worry about shooting the fucking picture. That's what this is all about. Uh, my whole business is built on the fact that all I want to do is shoot the picture. That's it. Yeah. Um, and you have to earn that right. It is not. It is not bestowed upon you. It is not a gift. It is not luck. It is hard fucking work. 
It is every single day. It is fighting through the stress. It is dealing with the ups and downs of working like a madman for a month and not getting a call for two and understanding how to fix that, how to ride the wave, how to get past all the BS in your head and to be able to stay focused and on task and moving forward and doing things that will ultimately get people in front of your camera so that you can afford to live the life that you deserve. So, and what are your goals like to get there? Like in like, when I ask, like when we have the same conversation in like, I don't know, three years, like where are you at that point? I'm at the point now where I'm starting to become more saturated in my market, my speaker niche, the trainers, speaker expert based business owners are starting to recognize me more and more. Uh, I'm becoming more of the fabric uh, within the supporting areas for speakers' businesses, you know, along with the website folks, with the speak, with the video folks, with the copywriters, the marketers, the personal branding specialists for speakers. I'm starting to get into that world. And financially, every year for the six years that I've been on my own has been an increase every year. Has it been enough for me to go to Tahiti every other month? No. But success is en route. Let's just put it that way. So what is the ultimate goal for your photography? Uh, tie back to what I said before, the shooting the fucking pictures. I want to okay. be able to shoot. I want to be able to shoot coffee table books for cigar smokers and go to shoot street photography in European cities and shoot models all over the place just for the hell of it. I don't do models, but I just want to do it. And I want to shoot models the way that I shoot regular people and not just make them look like they're stick figures in a, in a window looking all odd and strange. I just want to have fun, man. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's really a blessing to be able to do this for a living. And I just want to explore all different facets of what I can do with a camera and help serve other people and create some cool shit. That's awesome. So where do you want people to go when they want to learn more about you? Uh, they can go right to my website johndamato.com and from there you can sign up for my blog you can follow me on social medias on the internet and uh, check out what i'm doing with my people all right thank you so much john for being part of this podcast i really loved the insights i know we knew each other for like forever but it was really good to like have a more public conversation and ask you all the questions So thank you so much for like spending time with us. Hey, listen, the pleasure was all on this side of the conversation, my friend. Always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. But before we part ways, let me invite you to my personal branding for photographers community on Facebook. The group has already around 700 photographers who want to learn everything about improving their personal brand. Make sure to add yourself by going to mauriciejager.com forward slash Facebook or subscribe to my podcast on your preferred platform. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on Facebook or you'll hear from me in the next episode. Enjoy your day. Talk soon. Bye.